0: of our lives, and are coming and are going, you beside us, you're around us, your presence goes with us wherever we go this morning, Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you, Father, for the blessing you pronounce over your children, Lord, even declare in this place, we declare that blessing over our children as well, believe that you are at work, even in ways that we do not see we pray, Father, that you continue to do your work in us. Continue to change us and make us new. Thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit. So I'm going to say, as we're singing, we keep this song playing here in the background. You know, we sing this song, it's a blessing from Scripture. It's a blessing from Or the, the priest would pronounce this over the people. The Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And when you say amen, what you're saying is yes, let that be unto me. What you're saying is I agree with that.
1: Yes, I want
0: God's favor. I want God to bless me and keep me. I want to see his face shine upon me and be gracious to me. I want the Lord to turn his face toward me. I want him to give me peace. So when you say, amen, you're, you're saying, I confirm that. I want that for me. I want to claim that blessing in my life.
1: And when we begin to sing, may his favor be upon
0: you, may in a thousand generations, and your family, and your children, and their children, their children, when you say amen to that, you're saying, I'm praying blessing over my children and the generations of children. Yes, amen. Let that be unto me and my family as for me in my house, you will serve the oh Lord. May his presence go before you and behind you and beside you, all around you and within you. He is with you. you say, Lord, be with me. Be around me. Walk beside me. Continue to be with me through everything. In the morning and in the evening, Lord, be with me. In my coming, in my going, Lord, be with me. In my weeping, and yes, there's weeping at times. And in my rejoicing, he is for you. And again, we say amen. 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 I believe that I want that for me. I want that for my family. I want that for my life. If you agree with that this morning, let's let's agree with the Lord. Let's sing it. Let's sing Amen one more time. Let's start. Just jump right back in your seats. I Uh, take just a moment to welcome if we have any guests with us this morning. So we're uh, happy to have you here with us and worship the Lord and spend time hearing God's word together. And I want, especially if you're watching online, we want to make sure we greet you this morning. And we often have uh, people from Arizona and Jamaica and even Worcester that are watching us in different places. So I want to welcome you this morning as well. If you are a guest with us this morning, I just want to let you know that in, in your queue in front of you we call connection card. If you've never filled one of these out, take a few moments to fill that out for us, and then we'll just be able to better serve you. And on the back, you'll also notice prayer requests. We want to make sure that you're putting in your prayer requests so that we can be praying. We pray every Thursday night for the needs of our church. Of course, we have a moment uh, where we're praying for you here uh, on, on these Sunday mornings, we can pray directly with you. But there's something that's continuing. If you'd like us to pray for you, make sure you write that prayer request on the back. Drop it in the offering box right in the, in the center aisle here on the way out. And uh, we want to be able to pray with you and believe with you for that. Now, this morning, I want to first of all say a thank you to all of those who have served in our forces, our veterans. And uh, you know, we owe a great debt of gratitude for you. We want to thank you for your service this morning. Do we have any veterans this morning? If you're a veteran this morning, could you can please stand so we can honor you today? Does anyone else? Let's let's honor them this morning. We want to thank you for what you've done. We want to honor you this morning. And you know, this is the time that we do that, based on Friday. It's not just the day off. There's always some meaning behind the days that we have off. And I want to make sure that we take some time to do that. This morning, I'm starting in Galatians chapter 3. And My sermon title this morning is Questions, Questions. Now, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but there's a Christian website called gotquestions.org. Gotquestions.org. So if you have some questions, you might want to go there. And this particular website is specifically, it's a spiritual website, so obviously it's a Christian website where they're running it, and if you have questions about your faith, if you have questions about the Bible, you can go to this particular website, you can plug it in, and it'll take you to articles if there's anything that they have on that will try to respond back to you at some point with an answer. So they have set it up so you can ask a question, you put the information in the the search engine, and uh, they'll give you an answer back about what Scripture teaches about a particular question. Though many of the questions are good questions from people who are seeking, you can imagine that they might be some interesting questions too. Some have just basic spelling errors, so those spelling errors cause it to be a not quite what they were trying to ask, but it's just funny if you read it literally for what it says. And then others were just misunderstandings about scripture. They, they thought they read something in scripture, but they didn't quite understand what they were reading, so they asked the question there. So here's a question that came up. Does God hate satin? Where did, why did God throw satin out of heaven? You might get that in a moment. <laughs> See, satin is a pretty beautiful product, so perhaps it is from heaven. But I'm pretty sure that this person meant Satan, not Satan.
1: The correct spelling and capitalization
0: are helpful for them to correctly understand the questions that they receive. right? Why does God hate Satan?
1: Hmm. Or here's another question that came up. Why didn't the Israelites
0: make the tabernacle out of iron instead of their animal skins? That way it would be more sturdy. Response, I'm not an engineer, but I'm pretty sure an iron tabernacle would be exceedingly difficult to carry about this one. If the ark was large enough to contain two of every animal, how did the Israelites carry it around for 40 years? Noah's ark animals. ark of the
2: covenant. And so the answer is uh, this is an
0: understandable misunderstanding. I'm not sure why Noah's ark and the ark of the covenant are both referred to its arks when they are, were very different. I guess they were both Essentially, boxes that hold stuff.
1: Then, one of the most interesting questions
0: came in. And it's a pretty challenging one. It's kind of almost an ethical question. It says Is it wrong to take homeless people bowling and then gamble on which one of them is um, going to win? The question was actually presented to us with an in depth explanation. Essentially, a group of young people would pick up some homeless people, take them to a bowling alley, pay for them to eat. And then gamble on which one of them would win, not knowing who was a better bowler. The response was once I stopped laughing, our answer began something like that is so wrong on so many levels, I don't even know where to begin. Questions. Paul has some questions here in Galatians chapter 3 from the Galatian church. In fact, if you go through your translation, I counted nine questions. That he had nine questions in one chapter. seems like a lot of questions. And sometimes when you start off a speech or, a, or something with questions, it seem like you just get on a roll of questions, right? So in chapter 3 alone I come in nine questions. And Paul was like that parent that asked their kids questions, but they weren't looking for the answers. He was going to give them the answers. He wanted them to hear. So if that, that child tried to answer back, that's not what he wanted to hear. He wanted to give them the I'm going to ask you a question, but I'm going to answer for you. But no parents have ever done that here. I'm sure. So he was being that parent, trying to bring them back, bring the church back to where it needed to be. I'll start with a question and answer of my own. Because we've been talking about this the last several weeks, about the Galatian church beginning to move over to a gospel plus something, equal salvation, whatever that something is, for them was certain other, you know, talks about legalism and things like that. Why is the foundation of the gospel so important? Why is Paul fighting so hard here against this legalism? Why? Because if you can earn your salvation, if it's a gospel plus something else, then there's no need for Jesus. There's no need for a savior because you can just save yourself. Just do the right things and you're going to be saved. And if you can save yourself, then there's definitely no need for the Holy Spirit. Why would you need the Holy Spirit if you can save yourself? Why do you need the power of the Holy Spirit? Why do you need any kind of help at all? Why? Because you can save yourself and you can help yourself. See, getting the gospel right is foundational. This is important. And allowing God's Holy Spirit to work as our advocate, to work as our helper, is what gives us the ability to get past our own limitations and rely on the power and word of the Holy Spirit in and through us. As Paul speaks to the Galatian church, he is also speaking to us. So let's hear what he's saying to us this morning. Galatians chapter three, verses one through four. Oh, foolish Galatians! Who cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus' Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen the picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. i it was to ask many other questions. But we'll just start. With it.
1: Let me ask you this one.
0: He's a typical passage: first ending, second ending, third ending.
1: So let me ask you this
0: one question: Did you read the Holy? Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. Verse three. How foolish can you? Be after starting your new lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? See, the church started as a work of the Spirit, like many churches. Do. The book of Acts records two separate occasions that Paul goes to Galatia Acts chapter 16, verse 6 says, next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. Notice that the Spirit led Paul away from Asia and instead to Phrygia and Galatia. See, Paul was led by the Spirit to get this church going, to start this church, and to help these people grow in their faith. And just a few chapters later in Acts chapter 18, it tells us that Paul went back to Galatia to visit and strengthen the believers. Paul was invested in these people. The, established, the establishment of this church was led by the Holy Spirit. His heart was that these people would grow. They would grow in their faith. They wouldn't keep taking steps back, that they would continue to hold their ground and move forward. And I think that's the hope of any pastor, right? right? That he wants his people to be able to hold their ground, to not fall back on the ways that they used to live, to not fall back on a gospel plus something else. Why? Because that's just limiting you. That's limiting all that God can do for you. And so he went back to encourage the believers once again. And we see the same pattern in church plants today, in churches that are being planted. Someone has a vision to start a church, they begin small, and they have a vision to reach their community. And that small group becomes a little larger, and they start thinking of buying or possibly building or renting space. And this is the church, this is how this church and every church started at some point. How they began there was, there was excitement, it was spirit led. They were ready to change the world. The flame is burning bright, it is a light in the darkness. But something else begins to creep in, just like what prepped it the church inflation. Little bit of gospel plus a little bit of other something else, and that equals our salvation. Or we begin to see people rely on themselves and they do things not spirit led, and they do things that do not reflect the fruits of the spirit. And the church gets tripped up. I wonder if Paul would say to us sometimes, You foolish. that flame getting smaller and smaller and smaller. You see, if you're not careful, what has started in the Spirit will begin as a work of the Holy Spirit and ends as a work of the flesh. What began as a work of the Spirit To become perfect through your own human effort. This is impossible. See, human effort is never going to get us there. And these two questions sparked a few questions of my own. Here's the first question If you do not receive the Holy Spirit by keeping the law of Moses, then how do you receive the Holy Spirit? So, if you don't receive it by keeping the law of Moses, how do you receive the Holy Spirit? And the second question Why, oh, why would we try? Why, oh why, would we try, like the places the church did, to do things in our own limited strength, when we have the unlimited power of the Holy Spirit that can work through us? Why do we fall back to that? Why do we continue to do things on our own? Why, oh why, do we try? So how do you perceive the Holy Spirit? First things first. It's something you've heard me say many times. I'm going to say it again. When you, you receive the Holy Spirit, when you ask Jesus Christ in your heart, you cannot say that Jesus Christ is the Lord but by the Holy Spirit. He's a part of your life. That's not the question for me. And this is our first encounter with the Holy Spirit. But in Acts, we also see a Holy Spirit that showed up in a very tangible way, in a way that people felt this mighty wind, this strong windstorm. They saw this flame like tons of fire over people's heads. And they heard speaking in tongues. So of course the classic go-to for this, in Pentecost, is Acts chapter 2. Now why do we go right to Acts chapter 2? Because Jesus made a promise before he left this earth. And he promised that he was going to send his Holy Spirit. And this is the first time that we see the fulfillment of that promise before Jesus left. You might remember we've studied and we talked about this. He said, wait here. Don't go anywhere. Wait here until I send my spirit upon you. So it only makes sense to go here first. Acts chapter 2, 1 through 4. It says, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. Can you hear that? Think about the windstorms that sometimes me. Yesterday morning, there was a kicking in Like a mighty roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tons of fire appeared and settled on it and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Spirit gave them this Now I'm not trying to make a formula like if you do A plus B equals C. But there are some things that you notice were happening here when the Holy Spirit fell upon them. The first thing they were doing is they were meeting together. They were meeting together. This is why it's important that we meet together in community. You see, when we come together, when we sing together, when we pray together, when we have communion together, when we hear God's word together, this is often where God shows up. Because we've taken a step of faith, like I said this morning about coming up from prayer, we took a step of faith together with other people to believe that God is going to do something. That we're going to encounter God's presence and spirit. God shows up when his people gather together. And then what else did we see here? What did it look Sound We're seeing flames and tons of fire. They began to speak in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them that ability. And we see something similar in Acts chapter 10 with a man named Cornelius. You might remember the story where where Peter was really called to go to see Cornelius. Acts chapter 10 verses 44-46 says, Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured upon Gentiles too. For they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. How did they know? What was the mark? They heard them speaking in tongues and praying to God. Praising God. So here again we have the same pattern and sense. They were together. They were together for a purpose. They listened to Peter's word. They listened to what Peter was preaching on the gospel. They met together for a purpose to hear the word of the Lord. They gathered the family. Everybody came to hear from Peter. The Holy Spirit was poured out on them. how did they know that? They heard them speaking in other tongues and to praise God. So two things are common in both instances. People were gathered together, and the King James Version uses the word in one accord. They were gathered together for a specific purpose, one purpose. And they were filled with number two. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they were speaking in other tongues. So if we do not receive the Holy Spirit by keeping the law of Moses, then how do we receive the Holy Spirit? One thing we see here, as a pattern again, that meeting together is important. When we meet together in worship, God can speak to us in ways that we do not always hear when we're on our own. And tied to that, but not explicitly stated here in this passage, is that those that met, they had a desire for the Holy Spirit. See, they were not gathered together to knit ugly Christmas sleeves. They were gathered together for a reason. They were gathered together because Jesus gave them a promise of what was about to happen and what was going to happen. They didn't know when. They didn't know how. They didn't know what it was going to look like. They had no pattern to draw from. They had no idea what was about to hit them here in this moment, but they were gathered together because they believed the promise. They believed the promise that Jesus gave to them and that they should wait. Just as we had spoken before, they should wait until Jesus sends his Holy Spirit upon them. And if they didn't believe that, there was no reason to meet. What's the point of meeting together? They met in one accord because they were They were willing participants. They were not seeking. They were seeking participants. This wasn't something forced upon them. They came together in one accord. They came together because they wanted to be together. And they were being obedient to Jesus' command to sit and wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon them. And they also spoke in other tongues. Now, to be fair, throughout Scripture, not every Scripture passage it talks about the filling of the Holy Spirit as a language that they spoke in other languages or spoken in tongues. our instance, when we read the book of includes those particular words. But we cannot just ignore the passages that do. Speaking in tongues was not the ultimate thing, but neither was it not. It seemed to be a sign of the filling of the Holy Spirit. That's how they revoke the Spirit. First Corinthians 13:1 says, if I could speak all the languages they heard from the angels, But didn't love others, I would be a noisy dog or playing some. Many passages like this that tell us tongues are important, but they're not built. We see other gifts that the Holy Spirit gives. But one thing I think we can sometimes throw throw out everything, because there's been so many things that have happened in tongues. Speaking in tongues is a good thing. which that Spoke about time that he was exhausted. He was feeling worn out. Almost as if he couldn't go on. I heard this on a podcast. I heard him tell the story. And there was a moment he continued to seek the Lord, and he could not continue the way he was He knew something had to change. And in one of those moments, he began praying in tongues. as you been used with God, in many powerful books, sharing God's gospel, the truth of the gospel. And he received until in days. They continued to seek and ask God for all that He has for. And I to that point. I came to that point in my life I said, Lord, I don't know. I don't understand this. I want everything you have. I want all that you have. I don't want to be ashamed. Sure to because I know that there's more. It's never too late. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. Mm-hmm. Jesus declared in Matthew seven seven that same thing. Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. See, the Holy Spirit is like a faucet that's continually flowing. Jesus said, out of you, you, out of me, will flow rivers of flowing water. And that, he was speaking about the Holy Spirit. And Paul encourages the church in Ephesus to keep on being filled. It's not a one-time experience. You see, there are community water pumps in many villages around the world that look something like this. They fill up their buckets, and they carry their water to their homes to use. You see, you have to position yourself, you have to position your bucket under the water to receive it. You have to put your bucket under there at some point. It doesn't do any good to stand around the pump with your bucket and not put it under. You're not going to get anything from that. So what do we have to do? ourselves in a posture under the flow of water, under the Holy Spirit in order to receive it. We have to lower our buckets. We can stand around the Holy Spirit or we can get under and make use and fill our buckets with it. we walk around with our empty buckets and take an empty bucket home, but what good is that going to be? We have to lower our buckets. We know one of the ways is to gather together for a purpose. We saw that in Acts chapter 2. You have a desire to have all that God wants to give. Lord, I just want whatever you have. You believe that that promise that he gave for his disciples is for you and me too. It's not just them. He will fill us with his Holy Spirit. And then you keep asking. You keep seeking. You keep knocking. And ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit. Ask him to give you. And you post your posture yourself under the water. feel So it's useful. And you take it home, and you empty
2: it, and you come back home.
0: Why try anything without three Do that? Galatians 3:3 says, how foolish you. So well, you are starting it in the spirit. Why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Why are you trying to fix it yourself and your own strength? Why would we try like the Galatian Church did to do things on our own? We have the power of the Holy Spirit available to, to us. Maybe the answer is the same reason we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. Maybe it's because we tend to go back to what we know, we tend to go back to what is comfortable. We tend to rely on ourselves. And once we've explored all the other options and failed, then, as a last resort, we'll come to God. Maybe you. I don't know about you, but my tendency with fixing stuff or tools, specifically, is if I don't have the right tool for the job, I try to find something that might do the job. Rather than going out and buying So I try my own strength to make it happen using the wrong tool for the job at hand. This makes the job a lot harder, if not impossible to do. A lot of frustration, a lot of sweat pouring down my face. But when you have the right tool, often it works very quickly, with better results and a lot less effort. See, I can keep working on it with the wrong tool. I may get it done, but with much more effort, Maybe that effort leads to burnout. Maybe that effort leads to being tired constantly. Maybe that effort leads to being more stressful than it needs to be because I'm trying to force something to work It doesn't work. You see, we have been given the right tool. We've been given the right tool in this life to defeat the enemy. We've been given the right tool to be able to stand strong in the midst of storms, to be able to stand strong in a culture that's going way different than what your scripture says. we continue to try to win our Powerless, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Ask, seek, and not. the Holy Spirit is available to you today. As we gather together for this, do you have desire? We Thank you. de Jesus Christ is in this: that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came in flesh, came as a person. He died as a sacrifice for our sin on the cross. Why you see a cross? You see a cross. Why you see cross? He died on the cross so that we can be forgiven. so that we can be changed. His blood replaced the old system. Jesus I'd like to take a step today. I'm I'm just to say a prayer with me and say it quietly. And, and Lord Jesus, please my I I'm give you i to my life. Don't give do your and change. In Jesus, In so that, Read in Matthew chapter 7 verses 7 through 8. Keep on asking and you will receive. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the Lord will give it to you. For everyone who asks, have not been filled with the Holy Spirit, I want to encourage you to keep asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. See, the promise of the Holy Spirit is for you. Peter said this to the crowd in Jerusalem at the end of Pentecost. He said, Each of you must repent of your sin and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will see the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to your children. It's to you, to your children far
2: I can't somebody stole my credit card and I had all these sponsored charges. I was dealing with them. i have to me uh, <laughs> really, like so four times. Yeah. So good about. Really? am <laughs> <laughs> talking card. them. Uh, yeah, well, that's that's my never I'm i to I'm talking to them. I'm I'm Something at Honda, and then when I called them, we saw these other cards to find. So. Uh, they like an automobile thing. Like, you're stealing credit cards, but they must have a certain type of and they somehow it's automobile. Unless they're trying to buy stuff to sell it. I don't know what they are.
1: I'm going to go
2: That's okay. all.
3: you through the we I
0: true. (laughs)
2: if <laughs> you
3: thing is exactly- Obrigado. <laughs>